what's it like to be a pilot, having been married to a pilot, and a female in the aviation profession? You're really going to enjoy today's interview where I'm chatting with Andrea Hoover, an American Airlines pilot who's headed off to upgrade to captain shortly. She's also a mom of two boys, and she's going to share some great tips of how she balances and manages it all. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your first class life as a pilot wife and aviation family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades, and I cannot imagine any other lifestyle. Yes, there's no doubt it's a mix of turbulence and blue skies, but what life isn't? I'm here to bring you the best that the aviation life has to offer. If you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, details are at the end. And if you want the Pilot Wife Survival Guide and Checklist, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage, strap in, and let's unpack the Pilot Wife life. Well, Andrea Hoover, busy, busy lady, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to share <laughs> a little bit of the fun and antics that go on in your life. Of course. I'm happy to be here. Very good. So it's fun to welcome a pilot onto the show. I always love that, especially from the female genre, because it's just inspiring. And as someone who was in aviation myself before, not as a pilot, but in the profession, I just ha still have such a passion for it. So tell us a little bit about you and your early background and how you got into aviation and, you know, give us all the goods. So I, um, I've always been interested in flying ever since I was a little kid. Neither of my parents are pilots. There's no pilots in the family. And, you know, here I am three, four years old talking about airplanes and my parents were thinking, what do we do with this kid? So um, fortunately, I, I had mom and dad who were exceptionally supportive. So they would take me down to the local airport and call the tower cab. And back then we could go up into the tower. Uh, so at about nine years old, I hadn't stopped talking about airplanes. So my dad decided to get his private pilot's license and um, bought a little airplane. And in high school, I got my private license and kept going all the way through. And I uh, went to Embry-Riddle after high school, went there. And, um, and I went from an all-girls private high school to Embry-Riddle and I immediately went into shock I was thinking I I don't know if this is going to be for me this is there's too much testosterone here so I guess I, it had to have been largely male dominated how what what would you say the percentage is um my graduating class there were four girls oh, but but it's definitely gotten better so yeah um I think right now the current statistic is about um five percent airline pilots are females um I could be mistaken but I think it's pretty close to that yeah. I think I, the last number I heard was seven. So, you know, I think that's commercial either way. Like, so it's like, exactly. Yeah. That's it's probably, still, yeah. It's still too low. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Why do you think that is? I think there's always been a stigma about, you know, it's, it's a technical career. Um, I'm not mechanically inclined. So I did have to go into the maintenance hangar and ask the mechanics questions all the time, um, which I love doing it. It's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to touch that, but just, could you show me how it works? <laughs> I just want my hands to get dirty, but, um, but I also think it has a lot to do with being away from home and a lot of us wanting to have kids, you know, not knowing is that, is that possible? And 
I grew up with, my dad was a firefighter, so he was always gone, you know, on his crazy schedules. Um, my mom was, you know, vice president of a civil engineering firm. So I was always just expected, you know, you're, you're going to succeed. It wasn't ever, there was never any doubt. So, um, but I think that has a lot to do with the stigma of you're going to be away from home. And quite honestly, I'm, I'm home a lot. When I'm off, I'm completely off. There's no work emails. There's no, there's no phone calls. There's, I'm just home with my kids. And it gives me a, a lot of extra time to volunteer in their classrooms and be the room mom and go to all their sporting events and, you know, do stuff like that. Yeah, it's so funny. You know, people always have said to me, oh, do you know, don't you hate it? Isn't he gone all the time about my husband? And I would think to myself, I would think of my friends who are married to attorneys whose husband had to get on their laptop at, you know, Sunday afternoon and start working on all the briefs and depositions and stuff. And yes. I always said, yeah, he is gone. And when he's gone, he's gone. But when he's home, he's home and fully focused. The minute you basically put the brakes on, I'm assuming, and get out, unless there's some incident you have to write up, you're free and clear until, you know, yeah, the time. you don't have to think about it again. So well, it is and nice. The nice thing too is, you know, working a lot, these airlines are so compassionate. I understand, you know, um, I called one of my kids came home sick from work and I was at the airport and I walked into the chief pilot's office and said, my kid's at school. I just got the phone call. He's sick. No questions asked. All right. You're off your next flight. Sent me home. I mean, it's, they understand that we work in a very unique and, um, environment and we can't just have a zoom meeting from home. We, that's not, that's just not how it works. So that's really encouraging. Do you, is, is it the same for a male pilot? Would it be the same? Or do you feel like that's that slightly that, oh, no questions asked, you can go? That, that's just a curiosity question on my behalf. You know, I think it is the same. And I, the only thing I can relate to is, you know, I have, you know, I work with mostly males and they'll, they'll call and say, hey, listen, you know, my spouse is sick or my child is sick. And it just seems that, you know, maybe not for your common cold, but especially- sure you know, with stuff happening with, you know, COVID and, and whatnot, they seem to be very understanding and respectful of the fact that we aren't the nine to fivers. So that's encouraging. That I hope women listening will take that to heart, especially if they have an interest in being a pilot. Why do you think, so it's interesting, what would make the pilot position less desirable from a female perspective in terms of being gone than flight attendant? Because there are I mean, I still think the, by far the majority of flight attendants are still female. That's changed a lot. And it's a much more equitable career than pilot. But that's another one where you're gone a lot. It is. You know, I, I really don't have a good answer for that other than, yeah. you know, maybe there's an intimidation factor knowing that it is a mostly male dominated career. And, you know, I think that there are still a few of the one percenters, you know, the, the old guard, the generation that doesn't want women in the cockpit. and I like to tell my co, you know, my peers who are females coming up in this industry, that's the issue that they have. That's not your issue. They may try to make it your issue, but yeah. you do the same job that they do. You pass the same check rides. You have the same qualifications. So I might do it with lip gloss on. That's about it. <laughs> I love that for sure. Um, did was that ever a consideration for you when you were? I mean, you you pretty much knew you wanted to be a pilot all of your life, did you ever think about, because you do have children, am I, is this going to be right for me? Will I have to quit when I have children? How, tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, I actually, I never thought about that. I did, uh, I did take a leave of absence after I had my second child. They're both, my boys are pretty close in age, um, but I flew pregnant with both of them. And, you know, I always thought they'd always kick when we're coming into land. And I'm thinking, not, not now, baby, <laughs> mommy's flying. <laughs> but um, they're, they're very good about giving time off after you have your maternity leave, you have your FMLA. And then as a female, because we don't have a place um, where we can pump breast milk and store it, you can get an additional 90 days for that and it won't affect your seniority. So I took advantage of that. I to be home with my kids as long as I can. Um, nice. Which helped a lot. That's good to hear because I don't know if you've heard my, I interviewed Erica Armstrong, chick, a chick in the cockpit. And her yes. situation was totally different during her maternity. The, all of that, you know, the pregnancy, the afterwards, all of that. And so I'm, I'm really happy to hear that that's changed, that we've made progress. Well, it is funny. When I went in to have my second child, um, I went to the chief pilot's office and said, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. And it, it's, it's like deer in headlights as though I was the first one that's been in there. I'm like, well, I know that I'm not. And he was kind of asking like, so what do we do? And like, well, I printed these paperwork, you know, this paperwork <laughs> out that you're supposed to give me and sign it. So you put that in my file. And so there was, a, you know, a little bit of a disconnect, but I don't, I think it's just because they just don't have the numbers. They don't deal with it regularly enough to know what the steps are. So, yeah. you know, and I had to kind of fight a little bit for my FMLA. I was told, well, you didn't fly 1200 hours in the last year. And I said, well, you're right zero pilots have that's illegal and you know you're working with somebody who is reading fmla guidelines that would suit a nine to fiver as opposed to wait a minute we have different rules so little things like that it was you know but as long as you know how to navigate it and there's such huge support system you know groups online right now um and and it is getting better and better and better if you go to the training center right now for american there's there's mother's rooms in you know, next to the bathroom. So it's great. They're, they're making a lot of positive changes. Nice. Very good. All right. So you went to Embry-Riddle and what, at what point did you decide commercial and then what, tell us a little bit about that. You know, I always just kind of had that in my mind. I don't remember thinking I was going to do anything other than to be a pilot. So when I got to school, I immediately realized, okay, I need to do this quickly because this isn't quite where I want to be in school. So I got hired in the scheduling department and I scheduled myself to fly um, as much as possible. And I started flight instructing across the field at another 141 flight school, graduated college in three years. And um, after that, you know, you, you, I built my flight time, got hired by an airline um, just prior to 9-11. So of course that went away, which it happened to everybody. You know, we all, we all kind of took it on the chin there. Um, Got a different flight instructing job. And as soon as American Eagle started hiring, I couldn't wait to get there. And I was an intern before in college at American as well. So I kind of always had this goal in mind. And I don't know where that initially started, but it just, it was just kind of always there. And I know that I'm a unique case because most people think about it and think about other, you know, other paths, but I always just kind of knew. Yeah. Well, as, someone with an American Airlines background myself. It's because we're something special in the air. Absolutely. Of course that was what it was. (laughs) 
so you, where, what were you doing exactly at 9-11? You were flight instructing still or? I was flight instructing. I had two instrument students. It was one of my last work trips. I had just, um, I just trained my replacement at the flight school and uh, we were in Colorado Springs. I'm staying at, you know, we we're broke flight instructor, two broke flight students. We were staying at one of their friend's apartments and we got stuck there for about eight, nine days. So yeah. just kind of watching it all unfold. And then what was your career like post that? Like how long did it take for anything? So American Eagle started hiring in 2004 and I was in, I want to say one of like the fourth class. And is, I mean, as soon as I heard they were hiring, I, I'm pretty sure I sent in updated application and resume probably daily. <laughs> it's like anything to stop flight instructing because you know, post 9-11, there really, there really weren't a lot of flight students. So, you know, I was, I was working at a restaurant. I was bartending. I was anything to keep my flying supplemented because they're just, you know, it just didn't cut it. I wasn't making, I didn't have enough flight students to make enough money to, to pay my bills. So, you know, you just, you do what you have to do. You make it work. Right. Right. Well, interesting. And then you got kind of stuck in the lost decade, obviously. Yes. When there was no movement, no flow through, none of that kind of stuff. Um, no. And along the way, you met your husband. Tell us a little bit about that, because you have an interesting story there, too, having married a pilot. So that's you're not just a pilot. You were a pilot wife, too. So tell us about that. Um, so I, I met my ex-husband when we were at American Eagle, um, you know, 25 years old. And um, back when I was flying at Eagle, I was based in Los Angeles. And we were you know, all of us out there. We were just flying up and down the coast. We were babies. It was looking back now, I realized how amazing that was. It was day up and I mean, beautiful. It was amazing. Our, my overnights were San Diego and Santa Barbara and San Francisco, San Jose. I mean, I was so lucky and I was working with all my friends, even my best friend. Now she's a pilot for American. We were roommates in college and she's with us. And, and so I, I still see her. I'll see her tomorrow actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a fun time. So I met him there and um, we ended up getting married. And like you said, it was the last decade. So that was an interesting time waiting. Any, the first upgrade I could get, I was taken in. It didn't matter where it was going to be. And it happened to be Dallas. And that took about eight and a half years um, at a regional to, to finally get the first upgrade. So we moved to Dallas and um, immediately found out we were expecting our first baby. And second baby came shortly after. <laughs> um, I lasted in Dallas for about three years and decided to move up to Chicago. Um, it was just a little hot for me, a little humid. And, you know, we just wanted to have a neighborhood where our kids can grow up. And um, so I'm still in the house uh, now that we moved here with, with me and my boys and love the neighborhood, living in base for now. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's nice. It was nice being married to a pilot because there's a lot of things that he would understand calling home being like, I'm not going to make it. Flight just canceled. He gets that. He, that there's okay. Yeah. And of course, you know, or coming home, having a crazy day, being able to, you know, explain, Oh my gosh, we had to fly, you know, down to cat two minimums that we didn't see. And then we had to go misapproach. We had to divert. He gets all that. So, you know, it's an easier way to decompress. If that's, that you know, <laughs> and I'm sure you have some really good insight from that, especially, I mean, all of us have those moments of being stressed and anxious and dealing with the kids and babies and all of that. So 
What advice do you have for those moms, those pilot wives and moms, especially young moms who are home and are dealing with that, who, who don't necessarily understand the reality of the job? It's easy. You know, I, we had this joke in my house. My husband used to say, I think you think I just like stay in hotels and order room service and it's all whatever. And it was like, <laughs> well, yeah, you do, right? It feels like that. <laughs> but the reality of it is, you know, it's easy to see all the glamour and the beach layovers. And then, you know, you end up in Des Moines and Buffalo and not to, right. not that I'm knocking well, those cities, but it's not always as glamorous. So what no, and advice? That's, and that's the fun stuff that we post. I mean, you look at, you know, all your pilot friends and flight attendant friends, you, you post the fun stuff. You're not going to post the angry passenger, you know, at the gate yelling at everybody. You're not going to post the, the maintenance issues. You're not, those aren't the things you're posting. And it is, it's a constant stream of decision-making when you're at work whether you realize it or not. So when you get home, you do need that, that time to just not think if that even makes sense. You just need to, whether you realize it or not, you need to unpack your suitcase. You need to get that off of you and, you know, just, just chill and have your mind kind of reset to where you can now re-engage into a family environment, which is so different than the work environment. And that's, I think the key where it, it truly is so so different you know your your kid is complaining about wanting the blue cup and not the green cup <laughs> and sometimes I think some of the pilots I work with would also complain about that but <laughs> <laughs> um it is it's going from a very technical black and white you know day-to-day decision making to being at home and that's where your emotions are allowed to kind of unravel and and you can be comfortable where so I think there is there is that time that you need. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is a big part of it and, and certainly jump in. And it's one thing that I learned being married to a pilot and have com- conversed about with other pilots and largely female pilots who are, have been more open to sharing it. But there's a compartmentalization component to I Very think most so. pilots. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that and what that looks like and why and you know, it's funny because so being a mom, being a female pilot, I don't know, like I, you're always or you're always the mom. So there'll be times I'll be sitting on the ramp. We're getting ready to push back. And my son will call mom. I can't find my fill in the blank. And I'm we're boarding. We're getting ready to push back. And I'm going, OK, go into your room, check your top desk drawer. And you're still and then I'm quickly hanging up and checking back into, OK, I'm ready for the checklist. So it is. It is an interesting tightrope to be walking, um, but it's, you know, the flip side of it is I did a career day at my son's school and I'm you know, talking to the kids and joking around about how you only need third grade math to do this job. And they think it's hysterical. And one of the kids raised his hand and said, wait, your mom and dad are pilots. And my son was like, well, what do your mom and dad do? And it's, it's funny because my, my kids are very independent. They're, they're self-thinkers I've I think being in this career has almost you know instilled that in them that you can make up your mind you can figure this out you can and I've kind of pushed them a little bit and um but yeah it is an interesting dynamic because you I do make sure from from the road that everything's still taken care of and then come home and jump right back into laundry and grocery shopping and PTO and carpool and all of that yeah, I, it's funny. I had never really pondered the whole um, 
mom issue of, you know, when you're, you are basically out of touch when you're up there flying and the mom issue, especially if a child is sick or something's going on and you're not there, I can only imagine how you do have to just be able to block things out and dial into what you need to do. And I mean, the good thing is, I hope most of the time the flight's fairly smooth, there aren't things going on. So it's not like an emergency situation where you're being called upon to deal with all of your knowledge and skills and right. the plane down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when you're flying, you, you really are just disconnected from the rest of the world, which is good. You should be, you should be focused at what's happening directly in front of you. And um, I think that would be most people. I don't, I don't know of anybody that's, they would put themselves in a situation where they're going to be so distracted by whatever happening at home because they've given us outlets to be able to take time and be home when we need to be. Yeah. So how have you navigated divorce then and single parenting and with two pilots and co-parenting and scheduling and all of that? Do you guys talk, you know, and work we out do. your schedules? So we have a shared calendar. Um, and on that shared calendar is my work, his work, the kids events and the nanny. So, um, we kind of, the way we set it up with our nanny is kind of the way our scheduling works at work. On the 25th, we will build her schedule. And we picked the 25th because our schedules come out the 16th, the 24th trip trade window opens. So we let trip trade run twice. And then once it's in there, um, we're kind of locked in. We know that we may change a little bit, but um, he'll input his schedule, I'll input mine. And then whatever's overlapping, I book the nanny. And then the way that we have our parental agreement set up, I pick, basically, I kind of just divide the days. Um, I'm the custodial parent, so I do get them most of the time, which I, I want. <laughs> um, but it's it makes it very easy. So that way, the nanny's able to see when she's going to be there with the kids, when they have events, when they have doctor's appointments, when they have sporting events, whatever it may be. Um, and there's really no question. It leaves it, you know, it, it leaves it very black and white, knowing that well, I'm scheduled to come home on Thursday at 4 p.m., but we know that schedules change. So, you know, last month I had to call twice. Hey, they canceled my inbound flight. I'm, I'm not going to get home till tomorrow. And fortunately, everybody's kind of on the same page. He understands that, well, this is out of my control. Same thing when he called and said, hey, my schedule, you know, changed. They just reassigned me. I get that. I mean, so we, we do communicate very well in that regard because. We, we, we understand we have to. How, how many day on average, how many days of the month are you both gone? So uh, July was great. Uh, we've only had the nanny for three days and um, August is different. It's a training month for me. Um, but even then there's only going to, we only need childcare for eight days. So we are able to kind of manipulate our schedules without much effort to get days off that we need, that we want, um, and have the kids with one of us most of the time. That's and awesome. that being said, with both of us being pilots, one of us was usually gone anyways. So for the kids, it was a pretty easy transition. And I tried to explain that to them like, Hey, nothing's really going to change. You're just going to have two bedrooms now. They were like, Oh, that's it. I'm like, well, yeah, kind of in a nutshell. <laughs> but so what, um, what will, ha are, are you both very settled in Chicago? What will happen 
you know, especially in the industry with upgrades and, you know, changing equipment and, and not being forced, but obviously oftentimes choosing a different domicile to get the better position, et cetera. What, what will that look like? Well, we're going to find out very quickly. I'll be LaGuardia based um, starting in, I guess, September. My ground school is in August, but starting in September. Um, I, I did hold off a little bit until I could hold a line. That way I can control my schedule a little bit more. Um, so, you know, when I first came over to America and I was commuting to Miami and I commuted to Miami for a year, couldn't hold Chicago yet. And then, then I was like, okay, Miami's, Miami's a lot. So I transferred to LaGuardia. So I commuted from LaGuardia for a year. So it does add a lot of time being away. Um, but that being said, just knowing what your work schedule is makes a huge difference. I call ahead. You know, I think everybody does who commutes books, the jump seat. So I, same thing. I know when I'm going to leave for the most part, I know when I'm going to come home and I just put that in the calendar. So, so you, at least for the foreseeable future, both of you intend to remain living in Chicago. Yes. And, and I joke with my kids. I'm like the second you two are in college, I'm out of here. (laughs) So, yeah. But you're a West coast girl. That's hard as a it West is, coast girl myself. It snows here. And that is, um, I don't know if I'm going to get used to that. I'm, I try, but I don't think so. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. So talk to us a little bit about what it is like to be your perspective as a female in a largely male dominated profession, the good, the bad, the ugly, the reality. And a lot of that is too, you know, there's so many myths that are out there about pilots too. And, you know, we've covered the whole cheating and to you know that whole thing so what can you share from that perspective that brings the reality of the situation into play so I, I you know I think no matter what industry you're in there is going to be that small percentage that has an opinion about a female at work it, that's just that's just how it is and probably the same in banking or exactly finance. I think it's any yeah. industry and you know like I said earlier that's their issue I could take it on as my own. I could be upset, but it doesn't matter. I know that I've earned my position. I know that I came here highly qualified. I know that I know my stuff. I'm good at what I do. So I'm just not going to worry about them. Um, They've definitely, there have been a few that have said some very inappropriate things, but I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hinge my, my career on those guys. For the most part, everybody's amazing. Everybody gets along very well. They, you know, you, you kind of know what to expect. We're such a procedural airline that, you know, you get in the cockpit and even though, even that part that's not procedural, it's the same conversation. Oh, hey, how are you? Where'd you commute in from? Oh, you're local. It's the same conversation. You start every trip the same. Um, and there's, I don't know, there's a little bit of peace to all that, but it's, it's really not as, I think we've had some amazing women who've come before who really didn't put up with anything and they did pave the way. And I'm so glad to see more women getting into it um, because it is, it's a great job. I love my job. Yeah. I'll bet there's, you know, there's nothing like being up there at altitude. It's just a whole different ball. And game. I'm always taking pictures. I take pictures on the ramp. I take pictures in the cockpit. I take, I mean, <laughs> just, I know you do. And I love them. <laughs> I do. I post them all. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So how, how, how do, how did you handle that when somebody said something way out of line? Do you just ignore it? Do you snap back? How, 
Have you yeah, dealt with so that? Uh, the first time um, was down in Miami and this older guy, I'm sure he's retired now. He, he came up to me and was like, hey, this is a American Airlines crew room. I said, yes, it is. You're right. And he said, well, this is for mainline pilots. I said, yeah. And I'm looking around. Yep. Yeah, I'm in uniform. It sure is. I'm, so I'm here. And uh, he goes, well, this is a good old boys club. And he said, well, I don't need my membership card. So I guess we're, I guess we're all good here. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, I don't need to be intimidated by those guys. And that's exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to intimidate me. And Did he have I a crowd? Was he um, there was enough people in there. There were, yeah. yeah, there were a handful of people. There's always people in the crew, but you know, once again, that was his issue. Right. So he was, he was just trying to flex to show how important he was. And I'm whatever. sure most everybody else thought he was an idiot, idiot too. Yes, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what your, how you use your overnights there, you know, are you typically prone to want to go out with the crew and socialize? you like to shelter in place and have your time tell us a little bit about that because obviously you're on both you know you, you as soon as you land practically you're back on as with mommyhood so talk to yeah. us a little bit about your overnights <laughs> um I do the best I can to try to monopolize my time on my overnights to recharge my batteries so um if the crew wants to go out of course we'll go out and have dinner but when I'm in my room I'm doing face masks I might be binge watching a Netflix series I'll paint my toenails. I'll read. I read a lot. Um, but that's my time where I, I really focus in on just de-stressing and, and taking care of me and doing the things that I'm not going to do at home. I'm not going to do a face mask at home because I guarantee someone's going to be ringing the doorbell wanting to know if they could go play. And I just, I, I mean, it's so I, I do because when I'm, when I'm home, I want to be doing stuff with my kids. I want to be going out. And I, and when I'm at the hotel, I, I don't, I don't really have any desire to go out in Detroit or Tulsa or I don't, wherever. I just, I mean, it's fine. I'm sure there's lovely places, but um, that's when I, I take the time to take care of myself. That's awesome. Cause again, kind of like what we were talking about before, it's not a vacation. It's easy to think that, but mm -hmm. I, with the long hours and all the stress of the last couple of years and with schedule changes and passengers and just the unruliness of all of it, I've got to think that for the most part, most of the time you're just exhausted. It is. And, and I mean, hungry I, I, and hangry. And <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I work out and I don't enjoy working out, but I do work out because I love how I feel when I'm finished. Um, and I, I order the food that I want at the restaurants. And, you know, I know a lot of people will try to save money, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to have the salmon dinner because that's what I want. And that's maybe a little self-indulgent or whatever it is that I might want to order. But I'm that's, that's how I self-care, you know, it's, it's important. It is important. And it's funny. We, the, the food issue has come up before it's come up with a lot of the pilot wives and I'm not shaming anybody or, um, or any of that. So I hope nobody gets offended listening to this, but my mindset around that, of course, my husband and I both really value food, like high quality food is at the very yes. top of my list. I'm really into fitness and nutrition and fueling my body well and all that. And so is he. So thankfully we both came at it with that approach. But my whole thing was, look, he gets a per diem. It's that's not his, that's not part of his income. Like that's, that's what that's for is to really take care of yourself when you're yes. out there. And I, I would much prefer that. I always say you're going to pay on one end. You're going to pay up front for good food, or you're going to pay on the other end with medical issues and all the rest yep. of it. So good for and you for is, getting the salmon. 
going to the, going to the airport, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to pick healthy foods. You know, you, everything that's there is delicious. It's tasty. It's salty and it is hard. And I think that is one of the things that it's important to do is do the best you can to, you know, take care of yourself by ordering good foods. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, just from the position of your job too, I mean, a healthy, well-fueled, well, um, a new, nutritiously balanced body and brain is certainly going to perform better under stress and, yes. and, and allow you to reintegrate into home life in a better way too, you know? Exactly. I mean, that's been coffee helps as well. (laughs) (laughs) And wine a little later. Yeah, a little that too, for sure. (laughs) Um, Do you pack meals at all? Do you travel with food? Um, I, I do know that I get hangry. So in my kit bag, I do pack these little keto bars because sometimes, you know, it'll be a four hour flight. We're supposed to get a crew meal and an hour into the flight, we'll get a call. They didn't put your crew meals on board immediately I can feel my mood change. I just, because I, I, I need to eat regularly. Um, so I do, I pack little snacks, but for the most part, I don't pack uh, meals for the overnight. Um, sometimes maybe a protein shakes, depending on how into being healthy I am, but <laughs> most of the time, no. Got it. Okay. So what is it like? How do you go about reentering the home space when you typically get home from a trip? and I know it varies, like you might land in the middle of the morning and kids are at school. And so then you have the chance to do whatever, but what is that typically like? And how old are your children? They're 10 and 12. I have two boys. Okay. Um, they're very active. So generally, you know, when I, during summer months or even after schools, um, they're always outside They're they're outside and it doesn't matter how cold or rainy or snowy or hot. It doesn't matter. They're in shorts outside. And I, that's generally the first thing that's out of my mouth when it's snowing is put pants on. I'm like, it's hot. And I'm like, it's not hot. It's not hot. Put pants on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of have, you know, I think we all kind of have our routines. Pilots are very routine driven. That's, we do well, like we do well with that. So, you know, I do, I come home immediately come upstairs and change. I got to get the uniform off, you know, and I might, I might change into sweatpants and a shirt and then change later into something that more appropriate for whatever we're going to be doing, but I just need the uniform off. Um, I personally like to unpack my bag right away. Um, dirty clothes away, toiletries back in the bathroom. And I try to take my time. I drive on the way home. It's about a 30 minute drive. It's not very far to start my unwinding process because I know that I have two boys at home that are going to immediately need to show me something. And there's, there's going to be rocks on the counter that I'm going to be like, why are there rocks inside our house? Let's, let's get those back outside or why are the cleats in the house or why they're, you know, so I know I'm going to be jumping right into something. So I know that my downtime is going to be a little bit less than most of the time, um, than most situations, but that's okay. I've, I've adjusted and, um, yeah, just kind of having a lot of times in the car at home. I don't even listen to music. It's just quiet. So I know that feeling just pure quiet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you go about setting goals. What, what, do, what do goals look like for a pilot? Um, obviously, you're going to captain upgrade training next month and congratulations. Thank you. It's very exciting. So tell us about some of those goals. I know that you're active with the union. Um, 
I, you know, obviously active in your children's school and as well, I think with women in aviation and, you know, some of that type of stuff. So talk to us about that. Do you have plans? Do you, do you want to fly a wide body? Do you want to go international? Like, tell us a little bit about how you, or is some of that just still to, um, it has to unfold, especially with kids. So I am choosing to, yeah, no, I get, I'm, I'm choosing to stay uh, on the domestic side right now, um, with kids for the specific reason. Like if the nanny calls me at 10, 11 at night, I can race to the airport and get on FedEx or UPS and I could still get home in a reasonable amount of time. So for me, that's my priority. Uh, the reason I took the upgrade to captain also exceptionally exclusively for my kids. I, I want to make sure that college is paid for should they decide to go to college. I want to make sure that whatever it is that they need is it's afforded. So um, that is exclusively why I took the upgrade when I did. Um, eventually, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll try wide body. It sounds lovely, but um, right now that's, you know, my goals are, are get that those 529 accounts <laughs> a little bit thicker than they are now. Um, and you know, being domestic, like I said, I can, I can get home pretty easily from anywhere that we fly to. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And I love, I mean, it's kind of funny. My husband always said for years, he was like, I feel like I miss enough of their lives. The kids, Mm -hmm. he did not want to do that. And again, that's not a right or wrong. Everybody has their own particular way that they set goals, their priorities, what matters to them. And that was just always his thing. He was like, yeah, I just, I don't want to be gone. His best friend, United Pilot, did international and be gone for these long stretches. And he was just like, man, you miss a lot. He said, I feel like I miss a lot. Three days on the road, or especially, you know, if he, he would have two trips back to back, even though he yes. would be home one night in between. It was like, you, you know, you just miss so much. Or he felt like. It is. And the nice thing about working at a carrier like American is that, you know, we have four types of airplanes. We have international, we have domestic. We truly have so many different unique pathways that each individual pilot can choose and, and guide and guide their career. And then if you decide halfway through, you want to change it, you, I do want to go wide body. I can, I mean, it's, there's a lot of flexibility working for a company this size, you know, with different, with four different fleets, you know, so that is, that is nice. I know that it's not, I'm not pigeonholed into staying seven, three domestic my whole career. I, do I can do a lot still so right yeah you've got lots of time and that's <laughs> I good. do I yeah. do don't remind me okay <laughs> <laughs> I know right <laughs> um how how do you you know some people don't mind going back to school to change airplanes going to you know because the 73 obviously is different than an Airbus and I mean a lot right. different and I'm not a pilot so I only know this from the rumor mill and what everybody talks about around me um, how are you with that? Do you thrive on that? Does that, does it I do. create I am, anxiety um, or? Yeah, of course it does. You know, everybody says, you know, some people say that it won't, but it does. I think there's that, there's that excitement. There's the, I don't, I don't like getting to the schoolhouse and getting into training and having to say, I don't know. I don't like that. So, you know, I started studying a, a while ago. I asked for the early access to the training material because I do want to make sure that I get there and that I'm comfortable with everything. And it's the same airplane. So I should be anyways. Um, but I do feel a bit more pressure too, knowing that I'll be paired with a, a new hire first officer. I don't want to let them down. Um, cause I know that it's going to be all new for them. So there's another aspect that it's both of us in that training together. So, yeah. um, I, I like 
I like interacting with smart people. Um, I, I do thrive on that. I, I kind of, that's another way I kind of recharge my batteries, which is why I do union work. I, I, I really want better for all of us. So, you know, I don't mind going to training. I don't, I don't mind volunteering. I love, I love it. Something that I enjoy. So. Very good. Let's talk about the union because I know from the spouse perspective, you know, we don't understand all the inner workings very often and we don't understand why this decision's made or that decision's made. And probably the pilot group doesn't often understand some of it too. So tell us a little bit about what you do with the union and any, any advice that you have for anyone listening, maybe from both perspectives. So uh, right now I do a lot with the social media coordination with, for O'Hare. This past week I was working with, I was volunteering with the stop committee and we were down on Michigan Avenue. We, we did a, a, um, a picket and we're just trying to educate the, the public because it's a lot, you know, right now when American Airlines hits the news, of course, they're going to, there's a certain, there's a certain answer that they like to give. There's a certain storyline that they need to make sure is told, which I get they're a business. They're running a business. I, I work for that company. Um, that being said, it's very hard on the operational side to know that, you know, I go to work, well, I really want my days off and I may not get them because I might have another flight cancel. I might have, I might get reassigned. I might, there's just so many things that are exhausting. And I really want better for our pilot group. I want better for our flight attendants, I want better for the mechanics. I want, I want all our work group to be better. I, I, I look at this company, I'm like, it's the biggest airline in the world. We absolutely can be, we can be the best, but it's tough because I think a lot of the pilots have just taken it on the chin for so long, you know, with the lost decade, with age 65, with, you know, flow backs, with flow throughs, with, there's just so much, you know, COVID, 9-11, there's, there's all these things that have impacted our careers and it's hard to not take it personal, but none of those were personal attacks on our career. Right. The company is trying to run a business. And I think sometimes there's a disconnect, you know, people get mad at the union, but it's not. It's not the union and the union's trying to make it better for everybody. And so I do the best I can to help, to help share information and to try to get everybody on the same page because I like going to work. I like who I work with. We work with some really funny, smart people. So, you know, I just, I volunteer to try to make it better. Do you see that role changing? Are there other positions within the union that might appeal to you? Um, maybe when my kids get a little bit older, when I'm, you know, when I'm finished with, with training and maybe there's like a new normal for my life, but right now I, I like the role that I have. Yeah. It's kind of interesting thinking about that. Your youngest is 10. I mean, that's really only eight years. That's a blink. And I know, you know that, but wow, it will go so fast. And I mean, good for you. I, I really applaud and admire you for doing great things now, but also delaying a lot of that until they're gone because you never get that time back. And I'm speaking as an empty nester and I'm getting choked up as I'm saying it, you know, but it is, it's <laughs> so funny. It. It's like, I, I laugh with all my neighbors because I have this absolutely gorgeous dining room now. And it's like, where is everybody? How come everybody's <laughs> not sitting at it? You know? Yes. <laughs> so I like, get that. It's- yeah. I mean, just the, the goofy things like that, that happen. Um, so yeah, that will go so fast and you will always have those precious memories. And it's so important because you don't get it back. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, Very good. So thoughts, I know we talked a little bit about women in aviation. Um, 
how do we change that? How do we encourage more? Um, I, I don't, I interviewed um, a, a woman a few, few episodes ago who's a drone pilot, owns a drone pilot company. It was interesting to me listening to her talk about her daughter who's now out of college and even, but recently out and how, how limited her options were even with the counselors. You know, I mean, so many, you know, it's still kind of like, well, you can be a nurse, a secretary or a teacher. What? No way. But it almost felt like it was still that way. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I think it is, there is still a lot of that where I was very, like I said, I was very fortunate. The high school I went to, they just expected everybody to go to college and to be very successful. And, you know, I said, I want to be a pilot. And there wasn't any really, it was like, okay, let's figure out what college you're going to go to. And there was no hesitation. And, you know, I think that looking back now, that truly did help guide my career path because it was nobody ever said, well, well, that's kind of a man's job. It was never, that never even came into play until I got in, until I got into college and I realized, <laughs> what are all these guys doing here? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it does, it's, it is going to start more on the education level, letting people know, letting young kids know, hey, you can do whatever you want. You, you could be a doctor, you could be a nurse, you could be a pilot, you could be a flight attendant, you could, and maybe just show them that there are more career opportunities for them to choose from. Yeah. It's always been so interesting to me. I interviewed Jill C, who's also an American pilot wife, but I interviewed her a little while ago, who was a pilot, but she started as a flight attendant with the goal of always being a pilot. But I really love her story too. And I, I know a number of women who started as flight attendants um, and not necessarily because they felt like they had to, but it was a great way to get the time off you know, make good money when you needed to pick up trips, get, have the experience, all of that. And, you know, maybe to some extent, get a little bit of an end because you're already employed. Um, yes. But that's kind of a cool thing too. Can I ease into this lifestyle? Absolutely. Yeah, because it is a lifestyle and it's not for everybody, you know, No, it isn't, which I always scratch my head and think why to me, it's the most fabulous lifestyle in the world. I can't imagine any other, but on the other hand, maybe it's because I was in aviation myself first and you know, the freedom and the travel and the, yes. you know, just so much of it that it, I don't know, it's to, to me, it's a very exciting profession. I, I still love the smell of jet fuel and I still sit at the end of the runway waiting for it, the engines to rev and take off. <laughs> and I still always want the window seat. Like it's still crazy to me. It's still pure magic and I love it. And, um, you know, my goal, even through the podcast is to hopefully have more people get that and yes, buy into the profession, even if you're not actively the one in it, because it does offer so much. And for your kids and the ability to travel and educate them. I mean, there's no better education in the world than travel, you know? I agree. And I, and I do travel with my kids a lot. Now they're, I mean, they're, they're such seasoned travelers. We'll get to the airport and I'll, okay, go find the gate. And I mean, they know the routine. They get through security by themselves. They, they know exactly where we're going to go grab a snack before we go. <laughs> yeah. They're boys. So food is huge priority for them. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny. I still remember the very first time after my daughter had been in first class when we didn't get first class and she was so bitter and she was just <laughs> like, I wonder what they're eating up behind the curtain. And we're not there. I mean, it was just so funny. We still joke about that. But um, yeah, so it, it's a great experience for him for sure. It is. Yeah. Well, 
thank you again for your time. Any final thoughts, anything else you want to share with us? You know, I just thank you so much for interviewing me today. I think it's so important. And I love, I love what you're doing to help educate, just like you said, more people, you know, to maybe be maybe a little bit more open-minded about this industry and how it is. It is not, I think, what it seems like on the surface. You know, and we could tell by the questions we get from people is, oh, what's your normal route? And are you ever scared? And it's, you know, the normal questions, which I understand because they don't, they don't, they're not in, they don't, they're not in this industry. So it truly is kind of mystical. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. It's, it it is a unique lifestyle. And it's funny, you know, there was a lot of joking, as you're well aware of going on, like, why do, why do pilot wives need their own podcast? Well, we don't, but why not? Why, why does anybody need, need something? They don't, but, it, but we're a community. We're a big community. Um, we have a lot of fun together. You have built-in travel partners. You have built-in yep. set of people who understand what you're going through, what you might go through. They know how to travel. They understand that two of you might get on the flight and two of you might not have to take yeah, late, you know, I mean, just, yeah, there's just so many things about it. And it's, it is nice sometimes not to have to explain to another group, why you can't do this or why you can't commit to the wedding in six months for both of you. And right. <laughs> you know, I can commit on the 24th of the month prior. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. Yep. It's crazy. Well, I know you have a busy day ahead of you and you've got a busy life ahead of you. And again, congratulations on the upgrade. It'll be Thank fun you. to um, follow your photos. How do people follow you on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff? How do they find you to to see all those fabulous photos and get to know I, you. I think it's, yeah, my pictures are all airplanes or kids. It's one of the two. <laughs> That's my whole life. Um, yeah, I just have my regular, I mean, I don't have any special Instagram account. It's just, it's just me on there. That's kind of it. Um, and then I, of course, will go on there and I follow everybody that has interesting stuff that I, you know, everything from airplanes to Britney Spears. I just, <laughs> I'm all over the board. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, thanks again and have an awesome day. And um, we'll look forward to following you through Upgrade and Points Beyond. Thank you so much, Jackie. I am a mindset and peak performance coach. So I work mostly with women to help them rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose and create that better flight plan, avoid that turbulence and put their own oxygen mask on first. So if you are interested in having a discussion with someone who's been a pilot wife for over 33 years, navigating thousands of miles and moments of life in aviation, along with mommyhood and business, schedule a call with me. Go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist at pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share the show with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone in aviation you know who might share and benefit from this similar experience. I'll see you on the journey.